Hello, everyone, and welcome to this Triangles Meditation Group webinar. Today is July 31st, 2023. We are so glad to have all of you joining us here today um, to support the Triangles Network. For those of you who aren't familiar with Triangles, Triangles is a service activity which links men and women of goodwill from all over the world in a planetary service, a very simple planetary service. Each day, members link mentally with other members of their triangle or triangles. They invoke the energies of light and goodwill, visualizing these energies as circulating through the three focal points of each triangle and pouring out through the network of triangles surrounding the planet. At the same time, they repeat the great invocation, thus helping to form a channel for the downpouring of light and love into the consciousness of humanity. The power of the Triangles Network comes from its work in the subtle world of ideas and causes which underlie the outer world of of effects. Increasingly, people are coming to a recognition of the power of meditation, especially when performed by a large group and in regular and rhythmic fashion. Triangles members work with an understanding of the spiritual needs of the world, and though the perceived need will necessarily differ based on each member's unique perception and worldview, all workers share a desire for right human relations. They seek to spread light and goodwill among all peoples, and generally to raise the level of human consciousness, thereby transforming the mental and spiritual climate of the planet. And so this webinar is organized to give Triangles participants, Triangles members, an opportunity to come together in support of the network. And of course, also, we um, welcome new members and look forward to introducing you to this work. And so if you are new and you have any questions, please feel free to let us know by typing in the chat box. Um, if you'd like to request more information on triangles, please do that in the chat box as well. And importantly, and this is for new and returning members, if you'd like to form a triangle today, um, please let us know in the chat box and hopefully we can find two other people um, to match up and then create some triangles today on the webinar. So today's theme is non-criticism in the pursuit of harmlessness. And we have a special guest, longtime Triangles webinar um, participant, a regular participant, um, Wendy Boyd. Wendy is a longstanding student of the Ageless Wisdom Teaching. Now retired, she has a background in mental health, working with teenagers dealing with difficult lives within the UK care system. She is an avid supporter of Water Aid, The Hunger Project, and Shelter UK, which is a homeless charity in the UK. So we look forward to hearing Wendy speak on the theme after today's meditation. And so before proceeding, let us take just a moment to link together in thought and intention to visualize the worldwide group and then to sound the mantra that will appear on your screen. 
Radiance we are in power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day. So this week's webinar theme, as mentioned, uh, excuse me, one second, we have some background noise. That was us, probably. There we go. Okay. So as I was saying, this week's webinar theme, as mentioned, is non-criticism in the pursuit of harmlessness. And these two qualities are, for several reasons, very close to the heart of the triangle's work. Both non-criticism and harmlessness have fundamentally to do with right relationship and with goodwill, which is love in action. And both are rather simple concepts, yet when applied to their fullest, lead to the awakening and manifestation of the spiritual potential of the human being. And so I'd like to share just a few thoughts today before our meditation on this quality of harmlessness. And I'll leave it to Wendy to bring in the non-criticism in her presentation, which will come after. And of course, we welcome, um, after Wendy speaks at the end of the webinar, group discussion on anything related to this theme, to triangles, to the meditation work. And so please, if you have any thoughts that come to mind, jot them down or share them in the chat. And we look forward to getting to them then. So harmlessness contrary to how it sounds, is um, actually much more than simply refraining from doing harm. Harmlessness is not negative or passive, but rather it is active and positive. It requires constant activity, discrimination, and watchfulness, the sustaining of a high altitude of observation, and a sensitivity to the subtle currents of irritation which imperil the attitude of the so-called perfect server. Harmlessness, when fully achieved, establishes perfect relationship between oneself and others, between oneself and the environment, and most importantly, a right adjustment between oneself and the part that one is to play and the manifestation of the plan. Harmlessness, therefore, necessarily has to do with the right employment of the will and the right adjustment of the personal will to the higher spiritual will of the group's soul and the will of God, which seeks to work through that group, just as it does through every soul individually and collectively through the soul of all. It is a special quality of will which makes the practice of harmlessness a positive and powerful force for good. The active and aligned will produces the right state of consciousness from which right action necessarily follows. True harmlessness, therefore, is very much about working with that which underlies action, with thought, with motive, 
in the underlying impulse of love, which is a natural expression of one's spiritual nature. Therefore, to achieve the ideal of harmlessness and to put it into action, we must first of all cultivate a consciousness of harmlessness. And this requires more than just purity of character, though this, of course, is important. But to really cultivate a consciousness of harmlessness, one must focus and sustain that positive intention to do good and then to follow through that intention with the resolve and determination to carry out that good no matter what. And so true consciousness is not just intention or right motive, but it's also the impulse to follow through and then the actual following through itself. So to, so consciousness really expands the whole scope of intention, of process, and of action. And this, of course, um, is not easy of attainment, but it does lead, so we are told, to becoming a truly beneficent force in nature that is a magnetic and spiritual center and a clear light which illuminates the path for others. But in order for this attitude or consciousness of harmlessness to really work out through right action, um, one must also cultivate a number of other spiritual qualities. Among these, non-attachment, in order to maintain the proper mental altitude and freedom from the limitations of self, discernment to know how and when to act, dispassion, which brings the clarity of sight and freedom from glamour producing right proportion, and self-effacement, so that the spiritual will may work out through one's thoughts and deeds without hindrance, barrier, or distraction. We can see, therefore, why one of the preeminent characteristics of the ideal server is harmlessness. And with this in mind, it is worth considering how this quality of harmlessness is relevant to the service activity triangles, composed as it is of those who seek to engage in world service through the power of thought. The triangles network itself can be thought of as a great serving group. And so what would be needed for this group to attain a positive and transformational state of harmlessness? We could ask ourselves that question. We could also ask what would be the result if a group like the Triangles Network were to attain to a higher degree of harmlessness? What would that look like? The Tibetan writes that for the so-called perfect rendering of service and the pursuit of harmlessness is above all a path of service, the three things are of vital importance. There is, first of all, motive. Second of all, method. And third of all, the attitude which follows action. So regarding motive, we know that right action springs forth naturally when the motive lying behind all activity is goodwill. And though this action may be disagreeable and evoke an outer sense of conflict, a pure intent will inevitably bring all things towards a beneficent end. If that will is sustained, um, 
through all the many difficulties um, and trials of carrying out that intention. The method or means of the perfect rendering of service requires wise control of all the mechanisms and faculties of the self or soul, but especially the faculty of discrimination. Discrimination involves the right use of speech, of knowing when to act and when to refrain, knowing when to step in and lead, and when to concede to those who are wiser. Discrimination is key to carrying out one's own duty to the fullest and leaving others to theirs as they see fit. Following action, the resultant attitude must be one of complete dispassion. For from dispassion emerges a growing love of the unseen and the real. An attitude of harmlessness brings a natural and powerful simplicity to one's life. And it is this spirit of simplicity which underlies the triangle's practice. The spiritual path is in many ways a process of elimination, wherein all that which impedes the full expression of life itself is gradually removed. The lower nature wanes, and the higher waxes stronger. Perfect harmlessness is a state of beneficent magnetism and a close alignment with the will of God. And what is revealed in this state is nothing other than what ex- exactly what has always been, which is the spirit and life inseparable from every form, every atom, and every human being, a divine son or daughter of God in manifestation, all of them potentially agents of divinity and spiritual beings truly. Perhaps then the Triangle's network itself can be thought of as simply revealing what is already there. Perhaps this is humanity in its perfected state. Humanity, we are told, when denuded of all of its flaws and limitations, is destined to be a great spiritual and creative force, a beacon of great light shining in the cosmos. And so today as we engage in our meditative practice in support of the Triangles Network, we can reflect, visualize, and imagine exactly what this ideal humanity would look like um, in our minds, in our hearts, and especially um, in the group mind. For it's that focusing in the group mind and the regular pursuit of that ideal which um, encourages it to eventually work out in time and space. And so now we're going to proceed with our meditation in support of the Triangles Network. <clears throat> We begin by linking in thought as souls, 
as points of love and light with all those people throughout the world who are working in this Triangles Meditation Group. And we sound together the mantra of love. In the center of all love, I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Using the creative imagination, begin by linking with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. Visualize the triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the Radiant Worldwide Triangles Network. Now hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group's soul, the heart of love which underlies and infuses the network.
Now, having moved from your individual triangle to the network of triangles, to the group soul underlying and infusing the network, now lift the consciousness still higher and the focus even deeper into the consciousness of the world teacher who stands as the heart of love at the center of the spiritual hierarchy and at the same time at the heart of each triangle, the very central point. precipitation. We visualize the energies of love, light, and goodwill circulating in and around the triangle's network. Visualize these energies unifying and eliminating all divisions within humanity, healing and transforming human consciousness, and establishing right human relationships. Sound the mansion of unification. The sons of men are one, and I am one with them. 
I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve, not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles and see new triangles being formed everywhere. Distribution. Sound the great invocation silently or aloud. And as you do so, visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity and as a channel through which the light, love, and divine purpose can flow into human consciousness. You will use the adapted version of the great invocation. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center, where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center, which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth.
Thank you everyone for your participation in that meditation and your support of the Triangles Network. And so now I'm going to turn it over to Lindy Boyd. Wendy, are you there? Hello. Hi, Wendy. I'm here. Hi. Hi. Thank you. Go ahead. Thank you. Hello, everyone. And thank you in advance for listening to this brief presentation. <coughs> Excuse me. Firstly, I would like to point out that in talking about criticism, non-criticism and the pursuit of harmlessness, I am not an expert by a long stretch. Who is? Who can in all honesty put hand on heart and say that they have never criticised another or struggled to refrain from criticising family, the government, their work and work colleagues? and above all, the partner they have a close relationship with. However, this brief presentation is simply a look at the power of non-criticism as a transformative step towards harmlessness, rather than criticism in totality, although that must necessarily be included and discussed. In saying that non-criticism is a transformative step, it is because as soon as one chooses to refrain from criticism, consciously and with all one's heart and soul, a significant and quantum leap in consciousness is taken. The decision challenges the habits of a lifetime and a society that has a deeply rooted psychology in criticism as one of its norms. It challenges the temptation of the individual to entertain that type of gossip which sends out hurt arrows that wound the poor target that is under attack. The poisoned arrows of hate, cruelty, lies and slander. The Tibetan teacher refers to negative criticism as a virulent poison and that it damages in every case eventually the one who criticizes. These arrows of poison made up of attack thoughts have a boomerang effect, hitting the target first only to return to attack the one who initially sent them. On this idea of poison there is a poem written by William Blake published in 1794 as part of his Songs of Experience collection, titled A Poison Tree. It describes the narrator's repressed feelings of anger towards an individual, emotions which eventually lead to murder, a, symb a symbolic murder, or what might today be referred to as character assassination. The poem explores themes of indignation, 
revenge, and more generally the fallen state of humankind. It is a deceptively simple poem, and yet has carried a message that is still applicable today. (coughs) Excuse me. The poem suggests that transmuting anger and criticism through what we call today right speech reduces the need for vengeance, and this in turn neutralises repressed anger. The first stanza sets the tone. I was angry with my friend. I told my wrath, my wrath did end. I was angry with my foe. I told it not, my wrath did grow. And I watered it in fears, night and morning with my tears. And I sunned it with smiles and with soft deceitful wiles. And it grew both night, both day and night, till it bore an apple bright. And my foe beheld it shine, and he knew that it was mine. And into the garden stole, when the night had veiled the pole. In the morning, glad I see, my foe outstretched beneath the tree. It is plain to see from this that negative criticism blinds a person to reason as much as anger does and can create a similar scenario of deceit and destructiveness. It is also interesting that the actual tree has been described as a tree of mystery and appears again in Blake's The Human Abstract, and both trees are grown within the mind, as stated. The gods of the earth and sea sought through nature to find this tree, but their search was all in vain. There grows one in the human brain. This brings us on to the part that the mind plays, for the mind is both the instigator of negative criticism and at the same time holds the solution to cutting out the insidious root of the problem. The solution lies in a technique we call detachment, which is a mental state and which we are urged to practice and apply to all our relationships and affairs of everyday living. As a spiritual practice handed down from the Buddhist tradition, it recognises that from true detachment comes harmlessness. The latter, as we know, is also a vital practice, and together they form two branches of the same tree. Both detachment and harmlessness are two of the hardest aspects of spirituality to practice. Perhaps it is because the philosophy and the central truth behind both practices transcends theory and makes a hypocrite of the one who pays lip service to the teaching, but does not apply it in practice. In short, it calls out the glamour, delusion and attachments embedded in the not-self. And we all know this is not a pretty sight when the not-so-spiritual stuff starts to hit the fan. The practice of detachment involves cultivating the attitude of being an onlooker, the observer, or the silent watcher. Mentally noticing the thoughts being generated, 
their quality, intention, and above all motive, so that a space in which conscious choices can be made, as opposed to identification with and obedience to every mental whim, which makes the individual a prisoner. Likewise, the emotional aspect is dealt with in this way also, observing one's reactions instead of reacting to external stimuli, no matter how impactful. To to develop an impersonal attitude does not imply a lack of feeling, just as the type of detachment we are speaking of here is not a form of dissociation from the human predicament. In fact, these practices make us more sensitive to the needs of others, more empathic, more able to demonstrate active compassion, because the lower mind is silenced, and in that silence, the sense of urgency of the work is heard and responded to. The voice in the head and its incessant chatter, plus the downward pull of the emotional vehicle, when selfishly focused, prevent the intuition as the organ of perception of the soul from fully operating and taking charge of its instrument as it should. The term right speech is speech that is governed by self-control and is especially significant to the practice of harmlessness and requires the same conditions of silence that allow for the voice of the soul to be heard. That is to say, we are all learning the art of when to speak and when to remain silent. We are all learning that speech can be a vehicle for helping or hindering others, or hurting or healing, or hatred or love, negative criticism or positive communication. Finally, more words of wisdom from the Tibetan teacher who says, let the spirit of goodwill dominate our minds and there will be no room for the spirit of criticism and the spreading of destructive discussion. Thank you. Thank you so much, Wendy. That was a very, very clear and uh, illuminating and really beautiful presentation. So thank you. I think we're all uh, definitely aided aided by those words. I know I was, so appreciate that. Thank you. Um, so we've come to the time of the webinar now. We have about 20 minutes left, and which is a good amount of time for some audience discussion. Audience participants, those of you who are joining the webinars, participants can um, ask questions or make comments if you'd like. And we invite all of you to do so audibly by raising your hand um, in Zoom, and we can unmute you and you can actually speak. If you can't do that, of course, you can just type a a comment in the chat and everybody will be able to read that. But to raise your hand, um, what you need to do is go to your Zoom toolbar, click reactions, then there's a um, button there that says raise hand. So you just click that and your hand will raise. So, Wendy, I especially liked um, your frankness about the fact that who are we to really even talk about these ideals in one sense? Because none of us are 
you know, the, the perfect expression of harmlessness is really beyond all of us because who hasn't had those thoughts of, of criticism, you know, who hasn't had that temptation or that tendency to, to do those things and who hasn't erred on that before. It's such an easy thing to do. Um, and yet we have to try not to. <laughs> Easier said than done, you know, and it's sort of the same with gossip too. I sort of put it in that same, that same category in a way. Um, it's just so easy to fall into that. It's almost, it's like the natural tendency, you know, it's almost as if you were, um, it's just a, I guess it's just a basic bad habit in a way you don't even realize it's a habit and that, that you're doing it sometimes like all habits. Absolutely. It just happens automatically. Yeah, and I think we are our own worst critic. I mean, putting this presentation together, I suddenly managed to step away from going into automatic because I was just criticizing myself constantly. Mm-hmm. And and then I'm projecting that onto whoever's listening out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's so insidious. It's so deeply rooted in us all. And, mm-hmm. um, shaking it off is very hard. Um, and also the unvoiced criticisms that we aren't even aware of a lot of the time are just as bad as the voiced ones. So it's really, to me, a lifetime's work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And sometimes the subtle wor- ones are even worse because you're not aware of them, but yet they're still there and they sort of affect your whole attitude and outlook and relationships yeah. with others. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I love that you said here that negative criticism blinds a person to reason. That's so true. And we consider that, you know, reason has much more to do with than just sort of logic. When you play reason to relationship, yeah, you can't act, you actually can't see clearly if you're, if you're withholding that criticism and especially if you're not aware of that criticism. So. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I feel for, um, celebrities in the sense that, I mean, I know that they're, they want to be famous, but when I get those news, news feeds constantly come up and they're nearly all full of criticisms about people, really horrible things. Mm -hmm. And I think, how do people cope with that? I mean, I I don't live in a completely ideally nice world at all. You know, there's things going on all the time. But but I just Mm -hmm. find that whole celebrity thing is such a big invitation for negative energy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, we do have a hand raised here, so I'm going to go to Andy Talbot. Oh, sorry, Andy, I just muted you. Go ahead and unmute again if you could. Hello, Michael. Hi, Andy. I can barely hear you, so if you could just yeah. speak up as loud as you can or get okay, closer to your okay. mic. Can you hear me now? It's a bit better, yeah. Thank you. Okay. I just wanted to talk about harmlessness and, and say thank you for bringing up this uh, this very important a subtle subject because I have been sensing in in the consciousness of our global activity kind of like mindset of where there's more and more and more of us that are responding to the why 
to the oversight of ourselves, washing ourselves and not harm anyone. And, uh, and even to the point where I, I feel, and I act like this sometimes, uh, I will catch my inner voice going to criticism of myself or something else. And the more I practice the observance of it and attention of it and shifting to, do you really have to do this right now? <laughs> yeah. And paying attention that it is not okay for you to hold this sense and why are you holding it? Having an inner conversation of where is it? And the more I have done that in the list, in the last, I would say, nine months, I am discovering that more and more, uh, many more are resonating to, you know, where is decency and where do I not participate in gossip or, uh, or you know, pushing forward more uh, energy of non-agreement. So we've learned, we're learning, I think, slowly but surely to bring up that reservation as why would I want to participate in this? Really? Mm-hmm. What does that look like on me? You know, we have to ask what the wearing of that look is also on our internal energy. You know, that's how I see it anyway. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Andy. Um, David Trout. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's really uh, just letting it reverberate through the group. Um, but um, David Trice, if you want to go ahead. Yes, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Very yes, well. I wanted to read a, a passage from uh, Esoteric Healing, page 660. Uh, it goes, uh, Perfection calls imperfection to the surface. Good drives evil from the form of man in time and space. The method used by the perfect one that employed by good is perfect harmlessness. This is not negativity, but perfect poise, a completed point of view, and divine understanding. Thank you. Thank you, David. That's a very nice, very nice quote. Thank you. Yes, I think, Wendy, you sort of mentioned this. It's like almost the minute you make that concerted effort and intention to sort of eliminate criticism or whatever it is from your life, that's the moment where suddenly it all comes to the surface and you find it actually much more challenging suddenly to to break this habit. It's almost like once you face something full on, you realize quite how... um quite how pervasive and as you said insidious it really is but it's almost like we have to take that step otherwise we're just ignoring it yes it does highlight it feels worse than ever doesn't it rather than oh this is getting better it just the light just shows up all the shadowy areas and but you have to like you say stay with it and definitely to use the cliche trust the process because it is a process 
But going back to one of the speakers, she was, sorry, I, I didn't catch the name properly. I don't mean to say she, but, um, was saying that the refraining from gossip, I mean, that is actually really hard because you can just find yourself in the center of a little patch of gossip pulled into it and then you have to make a decision either keep your mouth shut move to one side kind of thing or state how you feel or you know I find that really difficult personally something I have to work on because people just seem to be so loose in that way um so yeah you know and no one likes someone to be preachy preachy all the time so it's difficult yeah and i suppose it comes back to the work we were doing in the conferences on sacrifice Mm -hmm. you just have to sacrifice approval or whatever it is you think you're investing anyway i'm going to stop now because i can see there's some people raising their hands there are yeah yeah (laughs) yeah no i'm just yeah no that's great i have a lot of thoughts going through my head as well but maybe we should just go to our next our next hand here um wendy winberg ask you to unmute okay hello um i'm really struggling um thank you for your talk wendy um How do you, what is the difference between gossip and speaking truth, you know, the cliche speaking truth to power? When I see evil, I mean, evil (laughs) politics, climate, all of that, is right speech standing up or saying the right thing to a public because of the evil de- evil, and I'm putting those in quotations, in other words, to seal the door to where evil dwells. How do we seal the door with evil dwells by only not saying anything? I, I, I don't know if you can follow me, but I'm very, very conflicted by this. Because I, I want, yeah, yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Carry on. No, no, no. That you, I think you follow my drift. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I I had written a little bit about this, but I had to edit because I had so many ideas going on. It was just too much. But um, there is a place for criticism when it's a recognition of fact or of truth. And I do think it's important to speak out. And that when you see something that you feel is wrong, because it's because that has we wouldn't have Martin Luther King and all right. the other brilliant speakers throughout history uh fighting for human rights. So yes, there has to be a place for it. But I think we also have to somehow train ourselves in communication mm-hmm. and the way we communicate so that that is also denounced of all the inflections and emotions. And, you know, I mean, Martin Luther King was a brilliant speaker and he spoke with a type of anger, but there was an integrity in it. There was a a passion that 
wasn't of the lower emotions. That makes that that's how I see it, Wendy. So no, I I agree. It's it's to strike the right note, which is very difficult. Uh, but you're not. Yeah. Thank you for saying that because um, we need to speak. <laughs> Striking the right note. I mean, you see people like Martin Luther King and there was a young man, I think, uh, who was thrown out of a southern, uh, you know, legislature. When you hear people channeling the truth, you sense it. Yes. You just sense it. Um, okay. Well, thank you for saying that because I, I needed to clear that up in my own mind. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Wendy. It's difficult to know know, the right use of speech is such a very complicated thing, actually, because, you know, there's the intention behind what you're saying, but there's also the creative effect of your words and they can, you know, whose intention is entirely pure. Mm -hmm. You know, I think Martin Luther King, I think he was so effective because obviously there was some basic criticisms in his, in his message, but the heart of his message was just goodwill to all men bottom line and it was just so he was that was just so that was so and there were so many other people during that the civil rights movement that were you know promoting violence or or other approaches to the problem which of course i'm not here to say if they were justified or not many people think they were that type of resistance but martin luther king's to me just stands out because it's almost like there's this duality of right or wrong or trying to balance but then there's like the way between which is just the higher road you know and that's the one he took because it was just the message it was almost like it was just the plan and its purity in a way you know it was just pure goodwill and it wasn't just he said goodwill it was the whole message was just overflowing with it so yeah definitely a instructive example so All sorts of messages in the chat, of course. I'm sure everybody's reading those. Um, anybody would like to um, share audibly, you could still raise your hand. We do have a few minutes left. Well, I think if nobody has anything else to share, we may just close it a few minutes early. Um, Wendy, did you have anything to say in closing or anything else you'd like to bring up? Oh, um, no, thank you. Just to thank you, Michael, for inviting me to, to do this because I've learned a lot and thanks to everyone for listening. Thank you, Wendy, and thanks for your for your very um your very well written and thoughtful presentation and we hope to have you back again soon. So let's just close now with a, a brief moment of silence to link up with the worldwide group of servers of people of goodwill all throughout the world and of course with the Triangles Network itself. Let's take a moment of of alignment. Centering
Thank you, everyone. We look forward to seeing all of you next week at the same time for the next webinar. Have a good day or good day, good afternoon and good evening, wherever you are.